Hello everyone, this is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are reading Treasures of the Snow by Patricia Sanjin, with permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are reading Chapter 17, An Open Door. Annette wandered quite a long way, and at last she reached the little bridge that crossed the stream. The railings were hung with icicles, and the stream was almost silent. It was very still up there, and the wind had stopped, and it had begun to freeze. The little bridge was extremely slippery, and Annette never noticed the sheet of ice below the soft snow. Suddenly her foot slipped, and she stumbled forward with a little cry of pain. For a moment the pain in her ankle almost made her feel faint and sick. She lay for a minute or two in the snow without moving, and then she tried to get up and sank down again with another cry, for she had sprained her ankle badly and could not stand on it at all. For a few minutes, she felt terribly frightened. She was alone on the mountainside, and no one was likely to come down that lonely path that night. It was getting colder and colder, and unless she could reach shelter, she would certainly freeze to death. And then she remembered there was a chalet a little further up the mountain around the bend in the path, just inside the forest. A young woodsman and his wife lived there. If she could drag herself on her hands and knees to their door, they would take her home on their sled. It was not very far, and she would start at once. She began crawling through the snow, painfully dragging her poor swollen foot behind her. It ached dreadfully at every jolt, and before long she began to feel terribly tired. Her hands kept sinking into the snow and her eyes filled with tears. Would she ever get there? She reached the hairpin bend in the path where the forest started, and to her relief she could see the chalet not very far away with one little light in the window. She struggled on slowly until she reached the steps of the little house. She gave a a low call, hoping that someone would come out and carry her up them, but no one came, so she struggled up herself and sat down on an exhausted heap on the doorstep. Then with a sigh of relief, she stretched out and knocked on the door. There was no answer. The little house seemed as silent as the snow, and Annette reached up again and knocked as loudly as she could. But there was no, still no answer. Nothing stirred in the little house. No friendly footstep came towards her. Feeling very afraid, she staggered up on one foot and beat her fist against the door until they were sore, shouting at the top of her voice and rattling the latch. And then, as the hard truth dawned on her, she sank down, sank down on the steps and burst into frightened tears. The door was locked and the house was empty. The little light had been left on to scare mm-hmm. burglars, and there was no one there at all. For a few minutes, she felt a real panic. She was a mountain child and had often heard of stories of people being frozen to death in the snow. But then her panic left her, and she began to think more clearly. If they had left the passage light on... They probably meant to come back that night. But if they'd gone down to the valley, they might be a long time coming, and then perhaps it would be too late. Already she could feel the cold creeping into the tips of her fingers. Perhaps if she rested a little, she might be able to crawl back. But the next chalet was a long, long way down, and the snowdrifts were soft and deep. Anyhow, she would wait a little longer and then try. It was her only chance. She looked hopelessly out into the snowy scene in front of her, and once again she thought of her dream, where there had been footsteps, footprints, all the way to the the door of the silent house. And as she sat there waiting, she thought of something else. 
She knew now for the first time what it felt like to knock at a closed door and get no answer. She had knocked only for a few minutes, but the Lord Jesus went on knocking for years and years. She knew he did. She had stopped knocking because she knew the house was empty, but just suppose Monsieur and Madame Bordeaux had been inside all the time. Suppose they had heard her knocking out in the night and had looked at each other and said, Somebody's knocking, but we won't let them in just now. We'll pretend not to hear. We won't take any notice. How angry she would have been with them and how much she would have hated them for being so unkind. Yet that was exactly how she was treating the Lord Jesus. And he didn't hate her. He still loved her dearly. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, or he wouldn't go on knocking and still want to come in. Grandmother had said so. She was thinking so hard about this that for a moment she almost forgot her fear and loneliness. And then she suddenly lifted her head and strained her ears for she thought she'd heard a sound. It was a very gentle sound, but one that all mountain children knew well, the sound of skis running through the soft snow. And then she heard the sound of a boy's voice singing. Someone was coming down through the wood on skis. In a few seconds, they would come around the bend and shoot right past the front of the chalet. If they were going very fast, they might not see her. A little figure came into sight, swaying towards the valley. Annette kneeled upwards and shouted at the top of her voice, Help! she cried, cupping her hands in front of her mouth. Stop! Help me! And the skier turned swiftly, brought his skis to a standstill, and he unstrapped them and ran lightly up the slope towards her. What's the matter, he cried. Who is it? Are you hurt? It was Lucien. He had been up the mountain to visit his old friend, and now he was on his way home. He had been startled by Annette's cry, and when he saw who it was kneeling there in the moonlight, he stood still and stared as though he'd seen a ghost. But Annette was too pleased to see anyone to care about who it was. Just for a moment she forgot everything except she was found and saved. She stretched out her hands and seized hold of his cloak as though he was, she was afraid he might run away. Oh, Lucian, she cried in a rather shaky voice. I'm so glad you're, you've come. I've hurt my foot and I can't walk, and I thought I might freeze to death before Monsieur and Madame Bordeaux came home. Can you take me home, Lucian? I'm getting so cold. Lucian's big mountain cloak was around her in an instant. He squatted down beside her and rubbed her cold hands. I can't take you on the skis, Annette, he said gently, because you're too big to carry. But I can be home in five minutes, and then I'll come straight back with a big sled and a rung. I'll have you at your chalet in less than a half an hour. Lucian's heart was so full of sudden joy that he felt he must run and shout and sing. His dream had come true. He was doing something useful for Annette. She needed him, and now perhaps she would forgive him and forget that terrible quarrel. Won't you be cold without your cloak, Lucian? asked Annette in a small, exhausted voice. Lucian promptly took off his jacket and wrapped it around her head and wished he might give her his shirt as well, although it wouldn't have been the slightest use. He could feel the bite of the frost on his body and race back over the snow. A moment later, he had his skis on and sped off. He felt so happy, he hardly noticed the cold. He stumbled into the front door and his mother cried out in the sight of his bare arms and blue nose. Annette, left alone, snuggled up in the warmth of Lucien's rough cloak. He would be back in, in about 25 minutes, and in those 25 minutes there was a good deal to make up her mind about. First, she was safe. Lucien had come out of the wood just at the right moment, and he had heard her cry. So all the time she had thought she was alone, God was caring for her and had sent Lucien to save her. Second, 
she had discovered something about closed doors. She was not quite sure yet just what would have happened if she had opened the door. But one thing she was quite certain about, she would not leave Jesus outside any longer. And she leaned her head against the snowy step rail and closed her eyes. Lord Jesus, said Annette, I'm opening the door now. I'm sorry it's been shut such a long time and you won't, and you had to wait so long. Please come in now. I'm sorry I've hated Lucian. Please make me love him. And if I've got to tell him about that little horse, please make me brave enough. And thank you for sending Lucian to find me. Amen. And so the Lord Jesus, who had been waiting outside the door of Annette's heart and life for such a long time, came in. He would forgive her and help her to change. There was no one there to see that wonderful thing happen, and even Annette did not really feel any different. But up in heaven that night, Annette's name was written in God's book of life. And the angels rejoiced because another child on earth had opened the door and made room for the Lord Jesus. How wonderful that was, isn't it? Well, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be chapter 18, Things Start to Come Right. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.